be here this morning. I'm, I'm thankful for what the Lord has done for us in this last year. And, and uh, as the new year, guys, has arrived, and with each passing day and each passing week and month and year, we're challenged in a great way. We're challenged to look back and to see what we've accomplished, what we've fulfilled, what we've started, and what we've finished. And truthfully, guys, much of the effect that we have on or in the lives of others, I should say, uh, may never be seen in our lifetime, may never be known. And it's what brings us to the topic of this year, which brings us to where we are and where we're going to be in a legacy, all right? The, the topic, the theme of 2023 of living a life worth leaving, your legacy, the legacy that you leave on this earth, that legacy, guys, is based on the life that you live right now, that you live today, that you'll live throughout the next week and the next month, the next year. So when we were young, if you stop and you think about it, I remember as a young child, we would, we would chase our shadows, so to speak. And I remember it's, it's, it's a good illustration when you stop and you think about it, because as a young person, your life is ever before you. It's a shadow that's cast out before your very life. But as you grow older, and just like the angle of the sun, that shadow grows shorter and shorter to where when the sun is directly overhead, there's virtually no shadow at all. But as we continue to grow, the older we become, and our walk starts moving toward that setting sun, our shadow grows longer and deeper behind us. And oftentimes, we cannot see it. But others do. Those around us do. This is living a life worth leaving. This is your legacy. Beloved, there is no greater life to examine than the earthly life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ lived 33 and a half perfect, sinless years. Three and a half of that was his public ministry. His life on this earth, guys, in such a short period of time, accomplished more and affected more people than it, ever, than it ever has been affected on this earth, ever will be, or ever could be. I understand, guys, that when we look at the Lord Jesus Christ, we look at him for who he is, and we should. I understand that we, we look at what he did on the cross, and we should. We look at his burial and his resurrection, and guys, we should. We should look, at, look to Jesus at who and what he is, and what he has done for us, and what he will be one day, the king of kings on this earth for a thousand years. However, we can, and I'm going to say this, we must look at him for who he was as well. Now, I understand in our mind, because we know the end of the story. Jesus Christ always has been, always was, and always will be. We understand that. He is forever existing. He is the self-appointed or self-existing eternal one. That's who he is. He has no beginning. He has no ending. He is eternal. But he also had an earthly life. When he lived here on this planet as the God-man, 100% God while as 100% man, Jesus Christ without controversy lived a life on this earth worth leaving for others to follow. A legacy of all legacies. As a matter of fact, it was the Apostle John who wrote, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself cannot contain the books that should be written. Amen. Notice what John says there. 
Notice the word things and did. These are words, descriptive words of actions, living a life. Again, a life worth leaving for others to follow, a legacy. So over the next four weeks throughout the month of January, we're going to present the 2023 vision, which is legacy, a living of life worth leaving. By evaluating the life of our Lord Jesus Christ on this earth, what he did, how he lived, what he does. And you may say, why? Why should we look at that? Because who he is, and listen carefully here, who he is is what he does. Jesus cannot act any other way. His life proves his heart. So in our text today in Matthew chapter 9, we'll see here a great example of the actions in the life of Jesus Christ in verse 35, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray you, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Father, we thank you, Lord, for who and what you are, for all that you've done. And we ask of you now to please speak to our hearts, dear God, bear witness to this topic upon us today as we begin to evaluate the first segment of this month of the life of our Lord Jesus Christ on this earth and how we can pattern and apply it into our life so that we, Lord, would live a legacy today, that we would live a life worth leaving to others, for others to follow for others to see. In Jesus Christ's name we ask. Amen. Beloved, this is why we need a Bible. This is why we need a church. This is why we need a pastor. This is why we need a preacher. Mankind typically views the world in the manner as they are. And therefore, we would do the same thing with God. Consequently, we would do the same thing with Jesus. Our natural intuition can only give us a God just like us. The God revealed in the Scripture deconstructs our intuitive predilections, if you will. It startles us with, with whose infinitude of perfection is matched with his infinitude of gentleness, of meekness in his life. And indeed, his perfection includes his perfect meekness as well. The characteristics of who and what Jesus is. Beloved, it is who he is. It is his very heart. His very being, Jesus Christ said himself, and, 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 I, and I've read this over a, a thousand times, and we've all heard this before, but in Matthew chapter 11, a verse that we'll be looking at in the upcoming weeks, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is who he is. This is who Jesus Christ is. This is his heart being revealed. This is his heart being exposed. This is him being manifest to us today. Who and what and how he lived. His very heart. We read this. I realize Matthew 11 has been read thousands of times. And I believe sometimes in the familiarity of reading scripture, we tend to look it over because we're just familiar with it. I ask you, does the 25 words of John chapter 3, verse 16, move you today like it once did? Does it move you in a manner from the first or 10 times you heard it or read it? Or do we take it for granted? 
It's natural for us to get familiar with something, but it is supernatural to allow the thing that we are familiar with to continue to drive us every single day. And this is what we need to look at and take on board with who and what Jesus is as we begin to break down a legacy, living a life worth leaving. Now, before we move forward, guys, I, I, I in no way am I going to overlook the fact that Jesus Christ came to seeking to save that which is lost. Jesus came to this earth for the sole purpose of paying this, the sin debt of mankind. We must never forget that. He came to this earth to fulfill the prophecy of being buried three days and three nights, victoriously rising from the grave. We can never forget it, and we can never underestimate or underemphasize it, I should say. His mighty sacrifice, his wonderful resurrection, we should never overlook. But just for our sake today and over the next few weeks, during his life on this earth, those 33 and a half years, those three and a half years of his public ministry, we understand what Jesus Christ is. We understand who Jesus Christ is. We understand why Jesus Christ came. But in his life on this earth as the God-man, sinless individual, he sets a pattern of how we are to live. We understand the what, the why. We understand the where, the when. But we need to apply the how. Beloved, understand this, works will not save you. But I do tell you this, that our works will see others saved. Works will never save your soul, but your works will have a heavy weight on the salvation or the rejection of others. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Paul says this, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Out of the 14 epistles that the Apostle Paul writes, the phrase good works occurs 12 times. And I understand, guys, works are not going to save you. There's no good work that you are ever going to perform if you're lost today that is ever going to save your soul. Never. Okay? But there is a good work that was performed on the cross of Calvary, the burying of the grave, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that will save your soul. And from that point forward, you are created unto good works in him. Acts chapter 11 gives us a great illustration of this today. Acts chapter 11, verses 25 through 26. And again, I realize that you've heard this from me a thousand times, but we're going to look at it anyway. It says, then departed Barnabas for Tar uh, to Tarsus. For to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled himself with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Again, we've heard it thousands of times. I've taught on it thousands of times. But these people were not called Christians because they were saved. Guys, they were already disciples before the title was given. Secondly, they were not called Christians because they had a state church somewhere who, who, uh, who claimed to be a Christian nation. And thirdly, they were not called Christians because they were members of a local congregation. They were called Christians because of the lifestyle they led, because of the lifestyle they followed, because of the pattern of obedience from what Paul and Barnabas had taught in that church, the life and the ways of Jesus Christ. Beloved, people are called by what they do. Would you agree with that with me today? You may not like that, but that's just but that is life. 
A drunkard is called a drunkard because he's given over to alcoholic beverage because he's weak and he gets drunk. Okay? Sober people are not called drunkards. Amen? I could park there for another 30 minutes, but you'd probably be upset. It's not going to be the last time, I'm sure. A fighter is called a fighter. Why? Because he or she what? Fights. A news reporter is such because they what? They report the news. Whether we like the news or not, or even whether it's true, doesn't matter. They're reporting the news. People are called and they're known by what they do, their actions, their deeds. It's what we do that reveals our heart and who we are. And these disciples in Antioch, they were called Christians because they lived like Jesus. No, they didn't go feed the 5,000. No, they did not raise the dead. No, they didn't go about healing people physically. They didn't do any of those things. But what they did is they went about being moved with compassion on others. They went about bringing the gospel, the greatest gift given unto mankind, and desired those that are around them to have the very same thing. Beloved, if you're going to have a legacy today, if you're going to have a life, if you're going to be living a life worth leaving to others today, it begins with unpacking the heart of Jesus Christ in our life today. Beloved, the life of Jesus on this earth was never about him. Although, if anyone had the right for his life to be about him, it was Jesus. He is the creator of all things. It is by him that he spoke everything into existence. Colossians tells us that in him all things consist. The Bible tells us that it was created for him and by him. It was for his good pleasure, Jesus Christ. So if anybody in the history of mankind, past, present, or future, had the right to make that 33 and a half years solely about him, it was Jesus. And yet he didn't. Jesus made his life about others. I say this, he was others thinking. That was how he thought. You know, Paul tells us in Philippians 3, that he said, let this mind uh, be in you also, this mind. What kind of mind did Christ have? He had a mind of a servant. So in being so, guys, Jesus has given us a pattern to follow in this life that we live today, this legacy that we want to live, a pattern to, number one, follow in our works. Again, I already told you, works are not going to save you. I realize that good works will not save you. But guys, can I say this to you this morning? And I'm going to make this quite um, abundantly clear. We are in the church day on a Sunday morning. Okay, what is the church? The church comes from a Greek word, ecclesia, which means local called out assembly. It, all could, it also could be used uh, for the word mob. But the legal definition, especially in this country here, coming from William Blackstone, is an ecclesia is a local called out assembly of believers in Jesus Christ who meet for the purpose of the propagation of the gospel of Christ. Look it up in the, in the, in the, in the legal cyclopedia under British law. I say that for this purpose. I'm not preaching to the lost today. I'm preaching to the church. The church is made up of saved individuals, both universally and locally. I'm preaching to the saved today. You say, well, preacher, I'm not saved. Then get saved today, and then I'll preach to you. 
No greater day in the world than the first day of the year. Get saved. Make it a new year right now. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then let's get into working together of those good works that we are created thereunto. The church has never been intended to be a community center to entertain the world. But rather a place for the saints to feed upon the word of God. To be filled with the fellowship of like-minded believers. To be fueled to go forward into the world to win the loss to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is not to take care of, of, of the, it's just not for, it's not, a, it's not a community center. I don't want to sit here and make this a different sermon today. But we're here this morning to understand how to live a life that's worth leaving to others, how to live a legacy using the greatest example this world has ever given and Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So we talk about these works. You see there in verse 35 in the first part, it says, Jesus went about all the cities and the villages. Can I say this to you this morning? That Jesus Christ was busy. His works were righteous, and he was always thinking about other people, about other souls. He was living a life worth leaving to the rest of the world. And so the first thing that we see here in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ was that he was doing something. He was working, my friend. He was laboring. And it's easy again for us to say, yeah, but he was God. He can do this. He can do that. He lived on this earth as a man, if you will, 100% man, 100% God. You said, I can't understand that. You don't need to understand it. Just believe it this morning. He gave us a pattern to live by. He gave us an example to follow. If you want to leave a legacy of a life worth leaving. The second thing we see is his witness. Look there again in verse 35. It says that Jesus went about all the cities and the villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel. Now I understand doctrinally when he was preaching, he was preaching the doctrine of the kingdom or the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of that, that future event that will happen uh, down the road. Uh, but here's what I want you to understand and what you want you to grab a hold of. He was busy about witnessing the truth of the word of God. His heart was people. People need to be led. They need to be taught. Verse 36 tells us that he saw the people and he said that they fainted. He said they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. I mean, I say this to you this morning that our life today, our world today is not much different than what Jesus stumbled upon. Do you know 51% of our young people today say they feel down, depressed, or hopeless? 51% of our young people. You'd be amazed to learn how many souls are living in communities today in utter dismay with the world. I mean, just within life in general, you would be amazed to find out how many people are disillusioned. Many today experience great anxiety over the approval of others. And we can blame that on social media if we want to. Do I believe it's exacerbated it? Yes, I do. I think it's always been there. What the old phrase, keeping up with the Joneses, trust me, that came out long before social media ever came out, right? People live in fear of being rejected or made fun of. In coping mechanisms, people swing the pendulum in the opposite direction, and they swing it excessively, not caring at all, becoming callous to life in general, and both are equally dangerous. 
Living a life in fear of people's approval will constantly cause an individual to second-guess everything they do. Yet having no concern at all about others causes people to have no boundaries, no limitations or restrictions in their life, which only leads a soul into the realm of isolation, darkness, and eventually a future filled with regret. Beloved, the reality is that you and I see people like this every single day. You may be one of those people. We are around people like this every day, and nine times out of ten, we have no idea that they're suffering in the way that they are. We also have contact with people who are living outstanding lives, happy as a lark. You know what the key is? The key is to look into the life of Jesus and say, well, what would he do in this situation? Jesus Christ made himself present. How was his witness tied to his words? He made himself present. His heart was exposed in the manner in which he witnessed, and it went forth within his works. Guys, we can go back to what we said in the very beginning, in the very onset of why we need a Bible today. Because mankind typically views the world in the manner as they are, and therefore we would do the same thing with God, consequently with Jesus Christ as well. Our natural intuition can only give us a God just like us. That's why we need a Bible. We are instructed within the pages of Holy Scripture. It says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We're back to those works again within the witness. We have a book, guys. We have a perfect book which describes to us not only what we should do, but instructs us on how to do it. And do you know what it begins with this morning? Others thinking. Have a mindset thinking about others first. Christ's connection, Jesus' connection was with people. Their lives, their outcome. Man, he was concerned about them. And again, guys, please don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not removing any of the eternal. We'll touch on that in the close here in, in just a moment. But I'm not removing any of the eternal aspects and consequences and decisions and choices and the greatest gift of eternal salvation that Jesus has given us. I'm not removing any of that. But I am telling you that Jesus Christ thought about other people. He made himself present in their life. And he left a life on this earth worth leaving. He left a legacy for us to follow. So we have the works, we have a witness. And both of those are going to be tied together in our walk today. The latter part of verse 35 says, and Jesus says, uh, he went forth teaching the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Uh, but when he saw the multitudes, watch this, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. You know what he did? He saw their needs. He helped them. He did something for them. Jesus was actively living out his heart. His life was about making a difference in the lives of others. And guys, I understand primarily this direction is in the eternal. I get that. And there is no way, guys, that we can get to the eternal aspect without getting through the present aspect, the life you're living today. 
the present life that we are living, day in and day out, in between the struggles and the successes of our days, it's what we do. Not only does it define us, but it is who and what we are. And beloved, our life is a canvas, and that's the way we need to think about it. It's a piece of art that we decorate, that we paint, and that we even outline every single day. Some days, guys, the colors are bright and vibrant, while on other days, they're dark, they're gray, and they're just outright dismal. But nevertheless, guys, the canvas is still being worked on. We are still a work in progress, and as we reach through the hours and the minutes of every single day, each stroke of the brush or delineation of the pencil continues to reveal who and what we are. For Jesus, his life was meant to bless others. Ultimately, he would pay for the sins of mankind. He would rise victoriously from the grave. He would remove the sting of death. And he did this to give us eternal life. If we would only believe. If we would only trust and depend and have faith in his gift. So that we could become his workmanship. To carry on in the world, which can be quite difficult at times. It's not an easy world to live in. I get that. But there's no doubt this morning that even in the midst of the struggles and the celebrations, every day presents itself with opportunities to work, to witness, and to walk as Jesus Christ did. What did he do? He went about doing good. Why? Because God was in him. So, beloved, as your shadow grows longer in this world today, as we continue to move forward and understand what Jesus did in his life and how he lived his life in this world and how we can take that same pattern and apply into our life today. As our shadow grows longer, as it moves behind us at every step, what is going to be your legacy? Will you have a life? Will you live a life today worth leaving tomorrow? That's the question. That's the challenge. And beloved, I believe in all of my heart this morning that if you are here today, saved, born again of the blood of Christ, if you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can most emphatically, I believe in all of my heart, emphatically that you can live a life worth leaving to others. It starts with that first step of faith. And once you're saved, once you know Christ as your Savior, from that point forward, guys, you're that blank canvas where you stencil out your day, where you color it in, where you mark it. Whatever happens goes onto that canvas, and it makes you and reveals exactly who you are. And it reveals when your time comes to an end, what type of artwork you're going to leave in this world. What type of effect are you going to have in those that are around you every single day? Now, I, I, I say it again in closing. Works will not save your soul. But your works today will see that other people are saved. Your works mingled with the word of God, when they see you and your good works, doing the will of the Father, living a life as Jesus did, the difference will be made in the eternal, but it starts in the present. What's going to be your legacy, guys, that you leave in this world? Will you bow your heads with me this morning? Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and time to be together today. We pray. You give us guidance, grace, mercy. Forgive us where we have failed you. But Lord, I thank you, dear God, for 
not only the theme that we have for this upcoming year, but Father, I thank you for where it is rooted and grounded. It's in the life of my Lord and Savior, the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ, who gave his life, who humbly lived sinlessly and perfectly here in this, in this planet, in this earth, ultimately to see man, mankind saved, reconciled unto the Father, but he did so, Father, by leaving a testimony for us to follow. That we may think about others first and foremost. As Paul says, to esteem other better than ourselves. I pray today in this first Sunday of 2023, in this first installment of our vision month, Lord, we would take on board this precious life of Jesus Christ, who is meek and lowly, whose yoke is easy and light that we may be able to apply it in our days today and set that pattern for others to follow so that Jesus Christ himself may be glorified. It's in his name we ask these things today. Amen and amen.